0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Eagle Church Leadership Podcast. My name is John Alexander, and I'm here with Don. Don, how are you?
1: Oh, John, it's good to be together. <laughs> oh, John. oh, John. That was very Minnesota. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, this is our February 2023 podcast. Yeah. And you know what I love about February? Winter's basically over. Yes, you, you, <laughs> you, you beat me to it. You're I, a liar. This is how I've taught you all the way through. <laughs> and typically I say, if you can make it to Valentine's Day you pretty much have gotten through the worst of winter. So that's just one of the reasons I love Valentine's Day. The other is that I can bring my wife to White Castle and have a gourmet dinner. Now,
0: but people who are from the Midwest know that that's... You, you told that to someone who moved from California, the
1: Northwest, you know. You bought it.
0: And you said, hey, if you can just make it, and it's a total lie.
1: Well, <laughs> what it means is that the sub-zero temperatures are usually done. And then you just kind of live in discouragement till the end of spring break because the snow keeps coming. But typically you make it till Valentine's Day, the deep cold is over. Yes. So you're almost there. If you're listening to this, you're almost there.
0: <laughs> oh boy! Oh, anyways, well, thanks for that. That was yeah. That was worth the price of
1: this podcast, right, right there. there. People Make it can to Valentine's plug right now.
0: Um, you and I will be together this coming Valentine's, just so you know. But we we won't get into that. Oh, you're right. You, you need to tell your wife. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you're right. All right, let me start mm. off by saying this. Our last month's episode with Jason Strand, our senior pastor, was so good. I mean, I even went back and listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know many of our staff have, other people we've heard from. So if you haven't, please go back and listen to January's podcast. Um, because it was just that good. Jason had so many good nuggets in there. And speaking of going back, and I know this is probably true of many of you, I've spent a lot of time the last month reflecting. And I think that one of the roles of leaders is to actually reflect. We reflect in order to uh, grow, learn, and, you know, hopefully move forward from our reflections. So let me ask you this, Don, how are you going to look back
1: and reflect on
0: 2022?
1: Yeah, well, I do agree, first of all, with the premise that leaders do look back. And and by the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't done that yet, it's not too late. I do think sometimes we hit January 1st or January 2nd, we say, ah, ah too it's late. too late. <laughs> yes, totally. yeah. But I heard one person say, I forget where I heard this, like you can take the beginning of, you can take January. You could even take February and use that as still yeah. an assessment time to prepare for 2023. Mm-hmm. But for me, uh, this is interesting. As campus pastors, we had a... Uh, a gift exchange, and the idea was to bring a gift for a dollar that expressed how you would sum up your last year. Oh, you're always so good at games. Well, like that, that wasn't me, that was John Taylor. <laughs> oh, he Karen. gets the credit. <laughs> and uh, the gift that I brought that I wrapped and somebody had to open was the gift of combos. Now, you know my love for combos. Yeah. You know, pretzels and cheese all mixed together. Yeah. I mean, it's the greatest snack. Usually, yeah. you can't even buy them at Target. You got to go to the gas station. But anyway, <laughs> great, great snack. But it does summarize my 2022 because 2022 was a combo package. I mean, there were some great things. My son graduated from college. I got to drive with my other son to GCU where he's going to school. We stopped at Moab and the Arches and, you know, we had some great things that happened in 2022, but a lot of heartache in 2022 as well. You and I lost a a friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom went through a hurricane and we had some real challenges here at work that I've never seen before. So to me, 2022 was a combo platter. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. What about you? Well,
0: for me, I would probably use the word recovery as I've mm-hmm. been reflecting, but not in the sense that recovery means all is well and good. Although some of those things have happened, just think about the last three years from 2020, 2021, 2022. I mean, all the things that have happened in our world. And so I've spent some time recovering. hmm But not again, that everything is up and to the right. In fact, 2022 was maybe the hardest year of my ministry career. And so when I say recovery, what I mean is I've recovered a sense of how difficult the battle is in ministry. I've recovered a sense of what my role and my call is. And that's what I want to unpack a bit today because I wanna talk about the higher call of a follower of Christ and specifically a person who is in ministry, Mm -hmm. I think in any shape or form, whether it's volunteer leader or staff member. And I'd be remiss without saying that much of what I'm about to unpack, I originally heard from a pastor named John Tyson, who's a senior pastor in New York Church of the City. It was back in October when I heard it of 2022, but it really has stuck with me for the last several months. And it's framed and re-inspired my calling as a follower of Christ and a pastor in 2023. And so this teaching comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And I'm going to read it, mm-hmm. and then we're going to unpack it. And Paul's writing to Timothy, his young protege, protege, and he says, "'You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus.'" And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering, he says, like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. And so I want to talk about soldiers for a second. Now, I've literally never wanted to be a soldier. Mm-hmm. Remember, I'm, I'm an indoorsman. That's I don't true. want to be outside. I don't want to get muddy. I don't want to do those things. Mm-hmm. Now, I have great respect for soldiers. I know many of them personally, and the ones I don't know, I admire and respect. But again, personally, I've never wanted to be one, except when I watched the movie Red Dawn. You know the original 1980s version of Red Dawn? I mean, Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen. (laughs) This little town in Colorado gets invaded by the Cubans, the Russians, and the (laughs) Nicaraguans. They're all together. That's a problem. And so this group of teenagers run to the hills. They fight for their lives against communism. It's epic amazing. Do you even? I mean they have a newer barely. version out. Don't I watch the newer remember version. It, yeah. I maybe it's I I just remember like oh okay I could be a soldier if that was me. But back to this never want to be a soldier. Yeah. I never wanted to be a soldier. I'm bad at all those things again crawling, shooting, running, twisting, hiding, fighting. Like, you know, and you know this Don if we're ever invaded like Red Dawn. Yeah. I'm not going to be
1: much help. No, we're not looking to you. Okay, great. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try, but I'm not going to be much help. But you're big and strong. I would think you would You'd be qualified. Yeah, no. I'm just not. No, no. I'm not. Okay. No,
0: I'm not. I'm so, I'm so sorry. But, <laughs> <laughs> And I also want to acknowledge before I dive into this teaching that soldier language can actually throw some people. I know that people have a hard time with war. I mean, I do. I have a hard time with war. I'm not excited to talk about soldiers and wars and battles and fighting. And I, I know that sometimes, you know, people... Just think Jesus is all about peace and love and no battles and no spiritual wars. And in many literal ways, Jesus certainly is about those things. Mm -hmm. But what you and I have discovered, Don, in real tangible ways, when we sign up to follow Christ and work for his mission in the world and specifically for the church, Mm -hmm. we have signed up for the battle, Mm -hmm. whether we want to fight it or not. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like soldier analogies or... (laughs) Metaphors, I mean, take it up with Paul, take it up with scripture. Paul again writes, Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are in a spiritual battle. Paul knew this. He knew it as he was giving instructions to Timothy and he's asking people, are you ready for this? hmm Are you willing to be a soldier? Are you willing to suffer? Just to highlight this again, no one serving as a soldier, and this is what we're gonna camp on. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. In other words, when you become a Christ follower, which I hope everyone becomes, the next question I think that Jesus is asking us is, are you ready to become a soldier? not get caught up in civilian affairs. Now you are a soldier fighting an unseen battle. You know, we've said this to each other. I don't know if we've ever said it on a podcast, but we've often seen this podcast, the Eagle Church Leadership Podcast, as primarily for what we call, again, very internal, our army of 10,000. Mm-hmm. We think collectively at Eagle Brook Church, there's 10,000 volunteers, staff leaders, small group leaders, people who are deeply invested in the life of this church who are signed up to live as soldiers rather than civilians. And so again, this is you. Mm-hmm. This is for you and for those who have committed to serve the mission of the church. And so Don, let me ask you this, as I've unpacked a little bit of soldier language and how Paul's challenging us not to get involved in civilian affairs. I've heard you say this, Don, you've taught me this, I mean, hundreds of times that what we do is a battle. Mm-hmm. It's a battle. What does that What does that mean to you when you say that, when you think about that?
1: Yeah, well, just yesterday, we actually were sitting with some new employees and it's so fun. I mean, there were 10 of them there and here they are all excited to start their new career at Eagle Brook Church. And you can see the the glimmer in their eyes as they are, this was day two for them. And then you and I rained on their parade a little bit to say, but we got to warn you, you know, you're going to enter into a battle and it might not be this first week. It might even not, might, might not be the first month, but eventually I think Especially people who are involved in ministry, and you appropriately said both volunteers and staff people, they'll come to a tough place. I mean, it will be a place where you feel the weight of ministry. It might even start to feel overpowering to you. It might be that you second guess your decision to take a job at a church. I just took a lower wage. What was I thinking? <laughs> you know, some people will have that thought later on. Sometimes I've seen it as somebody starts to have a marriage that struggles shortly after taking a job, their kids go sideways, something crazy happens, a problem is to be solved that feels unsolvable. Mm -hmm. And so we face these things all the time. And sometimes, by the way, it's almost like crazy stuff. Like (laughs) we had a campus pastor that started and on her first day, first weekend, her dog was impaled by a spike that was in their backyard that was there for some construction reasons. The air conditioning in the building broke down and then a car started on fire <sighs> in the parking lot. Oh oh <laughs> Spontaneous, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry, Leah. <laughs> I know. And it's part of it is so funny. It's oh crazy, but like. I mean, and that that hasn't happened in her life on other days that I know of, but she started on that first day and there it was, these things, and you're like, the evil one is crafty. I mean, the evil one is lurking in our lives and trying to find a way to sideline anyone doing kingdom work. If you are in the kingdom advancement business, the enemy is working against you, and I think we are all working against that enemy. We are in a battle, and so... Uh, whether you're volunteering or whether you're in full-time ministry, you're annoying the evil one. Yeah. And the battle looks different for each of us. Uh, sometimes it's hard to explain. Sometimes you don't even know that it's happening at the time, but I do honestly believe it's real. Yeah. And you and I have seen it up close and personal too. Yes.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, there've
1: been times the last year where I've thought, I,
0: Satan's trying to take me out of the church. Mm-hmm. Not take me out like my life's gonna be over or there's gonna be something. But I just had this sense like I, I can feel the enemy mm-hmm. does not want me to be a pastor, does not want me to to work for the church, to mm-hmm. be in this job. And there are just times that you just have this deep sense mm-hmm. that Paul is articulating our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then he says, No soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. And I have been thinking about this for months mm. because soldiers need to do soldier things. They need to fight battles. But how often do we get distracted with civilian affairs, even in our roles? Mm. I mean, this is what you're talking about with our campus pastor that had mm. issues. And and I think everything turned out Fine, you know, they would turn out fine, but get distracted by these other things you have to pay attention to. to, So, what do civilians do? How do they live? This is a few notes I've just been thinking about over the last couple months, but civilians often read about the news rather than make the news. Think about the wars that are going on in our world Mm -hmm. and real you know, desperate and sad wars. I mean, like the war in Ukraine, and we know pastors over there and people who are involved, but you and I are so far removed. We are civilians in that battle. Mm-hmm. We we read about it. We see little updates, but we are not, making the news over there. We are just reading about it. Mm -hmm. Civilians watch the battle happen. Just what I was saying, rather than engage in the battle, sometimes civilians hide in fear. That's what I would do if there was probably a real war, I'd hide in fear. (laughs) Civilians party and play while the battle rages on around them. They often aren't aware that there is a battle going on. Again, the wars that are happening in our world, physically I'm talking about, not just spiritually, we we barely have any awareness that some of those battles are happening. Civilians run and flee when the enemy attacks. They're looking for soldiers to protect them. And civilians avoid the battles. Now, let me be really clear. I'm not beating anyone up if you've ever felt those things when it comes to ministry, the kingdom church, because I have felt those things. I have done those things. Right. But Paul is challenging us. No soldier gets entangled. I have been entangled, but no soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. He's calling us to something more. And so, Don, let me ask you this. How many times have you wanted to run the opposite way?
1: Yeah, that's a tough question because it's honestly, it's, it's too many times to count. I mean, I love, I love my job. Yeah, you I do. Love I know you do. what I get to do. I love what I get what we get to be a part of, and I love doing it with people like you. I mean, the team that we're on is incredible. Uh, But it's not super uncommon to think that this is a battle. I mean, and you have to remember that this is a really hard thing that we are a part of. And sometimes fantasizing about being the mailman and delivering the mail or biking in the warm South just air biking. somewhere just biking, spiking <laughs> around golfing, for a job. <laughs> that's right uh that that often has an appeal to it, you know, because just like you said it really well that you can you can feel that adversary coming against you, yeah. you can feel something pushing against what you and I are trying to be a part of, and so you have to overcome that, and I know we're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, and and I
0: would say I've had plenty of those moments too where I've, again, wanted to lay down arms and do almost anything else. And I do think there is a unique call for pastors in the church, I do, but this truly can apply to anyone who's fighting a battle in school systems or in businesses, and they're fighting for good spiritual things and for Christ um, to be spread, and they're, they're facing this battle too. And so, you know, you may have those same thoughts, but I do think there's a unique feeling, oppression, battle that pastors and people in ministry face. Mm-hmm. And so, I've had plenty of moments, but Christ just keeps calling me back to the battle. That's a sense of what I've recovered.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll start to bring us some of the okay. solution. How do
0: soldiers fight through this? Well, I'm a preacher, so I've got three ways. I like. Someone I like did ask anyway, yeah. at the new employee. Do preachers always use three points? I'm like, right. No. <laughs> Jason, one at Christmas. Ryan had two ones. I mean, so yeah, yeah you, it's not always you,
1: three. You did get a little riled <laughs> yeah, up there, too. Like. I was a little
0: offended. <laughs> were, but don't just to play in that head. stereotype, I've got three ways. But here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, what do soldiers do? Is they, they fight for one another and they have each other's back. Like Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 12. Maybe you've heard this at a wedding. I don't think it's always supposed to be for. Couples in uh, marriage, although it applies to them, you know, two obviously, but it says this, Solomon, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Two are already better than one. And if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Paul emphasizes this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. What do soldiers do? They work together. They know they can't do it alone. Soldiers know it requires all of them, a team of people, not just one of them. But what often happens when we feel under attack and start losing this battle, we start to feel isolated. Mm-hmm. I have felt the isolation, I'm not actually alone at all. I mean, I look around, I've got dozens of staff members who are close friends who love me or praying for me in this with me, but there are times I feel I'm up oh, I'm the only one. Mm. <laughs> I'm the only one who struck I mean that is such a lie from the enemy. Mm-hmm. but that's what happens. we start to feel, isolated, or there's a sense of disunity. We start to doubt the other person. There's no team, there become silos, me first, attitudes, go it alone types who don't need other people but try to do it themselves. The enemy wants nothing more than to isolate us, but soldiers don't do that. They realize they are fighting for one another. They have each other's backs. Don, what would you add to this? Yeah,
1: I think that's so well said. Uh, perhaps the most dangerous leader is the one who is isolated. Oh. You know, we all we all need to have people in our corner, and I would say, by the way, you need people in your corner at work, and you need people in your corner outside of work too. Yes. And leadership is the great team sport, and we all we all want the best idea to rise to the top, and you can't do that when you're in your office all by yourself. So, bringing other minds to the to the room. And being humble enough to recognize it doesn't always have to be my idea that prevails, but we want the best idea to rise up. So leaders have to check their egos at the door. They have to lean on other people to get the best ideas to rise to the top and work work with other great people like we get to do. And we do that on a a daily basis. But I'll I'll add this is I think you also need your squadron maybe to go with this outside of work. I really think you need uh, a group a group of friends that you have fun with, that you laugh with, that you watch football with, that you golf with or bike with, or, or just care about you as a dad and as a husband, as a person, as a leader uh, outside of work. Yes. And so having, having people that you're with inside, outside of work is so critical. I love yeah. that first answer. We all need people yeah. to do the battle with.
0: Yeah, let me just add something, mm-hmm. emphasize something that
1: you said, because I think when people hear
0: this battle language or soldier language, suddenly you're thinking it's all serious, all business, but yeah. even this first point, and you you said this, people to have fun with, mm-hmm. enjoy life with, um, to golf with, to bike with, those kind of things um, fill your soul and help you prepare for the battle. You can't always be in battle. There's times of rest, mm-hmm. times of enjoyment, times, by the way, even in the battle, we're really enjoying it. Now I know the language can get mm-hmm. a little confusing. Battles are serious and look what's happening. But but what we're also not saying is that everything we do sucks. <laughs> we're not right. saying that. Yeah. We love, you said this, we yeah. love what we get to do, mm-hmm. but that's, I love what I get to do when I'm doing it with other people. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in this together, people often ask, why do you, you know, what do you love most about your job? Well, I would say two things. It's the focus on the mission here Mm -hmm. at the church and it's the people I get to do it with. But soldiers know that. They know that they're in it together. They have each other's back.
1: Yep, so good. Well, great point one. Keep us
0: going. How about number two? Number two, soldiers step up when the enemy attacks. They don't run away. They stand with the full armor of God. And if you have not read this passage in a while, I would encourage you to read it and read it on a regular basis and go through and reflect, how are you doing with the spiritual armor of God? I'm gonna read it for us, Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 17. Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And here's the armor, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, we've just read this, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm them with the belt of truth, the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, Mm -hmm. with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And finally take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So what does it mean to practically put on the armor of God? The belt of truth. Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of truth are we living with in the day and age when truth is very confused. Mm -hmm. And we want to follow what's ever in our heart and whatever TikTok says and whatever that social media influencer says is truth. Mm -hmm. No, the belt of truth is the word of God. How are you living with truth? The breastplate of righteousness, how are Mm -hmm. you living? What kind of sin is happening in your life? Are you succumbing to little sins here and there that's opening up cracks, Mm -hmm. you know, for the enemy to fire a dart and an arrow into those, you know, you think you're covered. I'm mostly good. I'm mostly, Mm -hmm. but there's those sins in our lives that we aren't confessing and repenting. So it's leaving cracks for the enemy. It's It's the gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. It's living as someone, again, we're using battle soldier language, but someone who's bringing peace and unity, the shield of faith, How's your faith these days? The helmet of salvation. What, what's your mind? You know, what kind of thoughts are you thinking about? Um, where have you put, ultimately, to put your ultimate thoughts and uh, trust? And then the sword of the spirit, which is the you know only offensive weapon that's used, which the, the word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, are you spending time in the word? We were just challenged this week to spend time every day. Don't miss a day in the word. Of God. I don't know, Don, would you add anything to this? Well,
1: I I mean, it's just so good. It's such a great reminder, even though a lot of us are familiar maybe with that text, just to stop and think about it. Am I a leader who is really anchored in the truth? Am I pursuing right living? Do I bring peace to the people that I lead? Am I a person that's really anchored in my faith? Is my mind set in a place that's reminded of my salvation, which is only a gift from heaven above? And then am I connected to the word, to the word of God and in a regular basis, like you said, on a, on a daily basis, really. And I think leaders who live by that will be able to fight the battle at a higher level. Uh-huh. you know. And these are things that just kind of tend to slide over a period of time. So putting on that armor on a regular basis, critical, you know, one teaching I've heard about this is that none of this is if you turn and run, you know, this is all forward facing kind of armor, which means you go into the battle. Yes. And so I think that's a good reminder is, yeah, is the battle that we're in as we face it, we head into it and with God's strength and with what he gives us, we can start to have success in the battle. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, all right. Anything else or jump to three? Let's three. Okay, here we go. This is
0: it, Uh, soldiers enlist for battle. They know why they're signing up for battle and they prepare to suffer. Mm. Paul says, join with me in suffering. This is what you were saying to new employees. (laughs) This is my least favorite thing about working in the church and signing up to be a soldier. This is the reason, just being honest, friends. This is the reason why I fantasize Mm. about leaving. I've lived a great life. I'm Mm. so thankful for all the good things that God has given me and I am terrified at times of at the suffering that I have even yet to face and I've experienced some real suffering mm-hmm. but the stuff that's to come, if there's ever a reason why I want to turn in the other way, it's because I know that it's going to involve um, some element of suffering. Now again, every person experiences suffering in this life That's a guarantee and a promise but there's a unique kind of suffering that we have to battle through. And so Paul is just asking everyone and kind of the question I want to leave with people, are you entangled as a civilian when you should be living as a soldier? Mm -hmm. But again, if you've enlisted for battle, if you know your purpose, are you ready to suffer for that? These last couple of years have been a battle. And honestly, like I just said, um, I've acted like a like a civilian at times. I've run from those tough conversations. I've had plenty of times where I've just felt like, man, like you said, I want to ride a bike and what would you mm-hmm. say, the South Beach Air or something. Was yes, that Miami yes, reference? Have you ever been to Miami? <laughs> I don't know. No, but I
1: have been to Florida.
0: <laughs> and, and there are times where more than just fancy, I, I've engaged as a civilian. I've watched, you know, there's nothing wrong with watching TV or Netflix, but there's times I've watched too much of it or I've tried mm-hmm. to escape too much with, you know, uh, another vacation or more, you know, a- another dinner out or just something that's taking me away from uh, the-, the battle and the, s- the suffering that-, that I'm feeling. But other times I fought, I've stood my ground, I've stepped up in a spiritual se- sense to fight against an enemy that, by the way, we can beat every single time. Mm-hmm but forget that we're able to with Christ on our side, we can beat this enemy. The victory is already won, Mm -hmm. but you have to step into the battle. So there've been lots of times I've prayed for protection. I've cut cut off demonic ties. I've fought against my own internal sin and pride and selfishness. Now, I've lost a lot of those battles, Mm -hmm. but I have fought too. And so these last few years, I've stood as a soldier alongside many of you deep in prayer, deep in truth, deep in trying our best to discern God's will for our church and our lives. I've got wounds and scars to show you, things to carry along when I turn 40 Whoa! It's in coming. 2023. It's, coming. <sighs> it's hard to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect a gift from you, Don. But <laughs> uh, I have those same stories. Same thing I gave you last year. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I have those stories of spiritual battles to yep. tell my friends and my kids that haven't run from the fight. And so we want to encourage you at the end here that you can stay and fight. You can be live as a soldier, that you can stand and win this battle. And Don, I've seen you do that too.
1: Well, here's <laughs> the sobering piece of this in some way too, is that the battle doesn't end, at least until Christ comes again. And, and maybe that'll happen when you turn 40 mm-hmm. or before. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a part of me that I'm in my 50s now and I think I should be over this by now. Like, I should have this thing wrestled down to the mat and not have that thought of anxiousness or second guessing or self-doubt or I should know how to solve that problem. I've seen something similar to that in the past. And and I've just learned that it just doesn't go away. So we are in an ongoing battle and I think that's God's design, obviously, that we stay humble. And I, I just feel desperate to fall to my knees every morning and ask God to bring victory. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like I can make it through a day. This is terrible, but I can make it through a day without that. Mm-hmm. Probably even a week, maybe yeah. even a month, but I can't go very far. No. I mean, and honestly, even a day that I don't do that, I, I sometimes can tell. But a week without that, I can really tell. I can't. That yep. I can just tell I'm not in as good a place as I should be. Where I, when I am faithful with those practices of inviting God into the battle every day and humbling myself, uh, my wife and I did a hospital visit on uh, just two nights ago, and the the somewhat sad thing is, it's a person who's older, but in a health battle. And even as we drove there, we said, this is our future. Like our parents are in their mm-hmm. 80s. And we know that one day we'll be visiting them in a hospital. And as we get older, we, we're seeing more friends that have health struggles. And you, again, you just kind of like, okay, I made it to my 50s. I should be okay. But no, mm-hmm. the battle continues till the final day of either Christ's return or we meet him face to face. Yes, And so we must wake up every day. You're never too old to learn that. You have to keep you have to keep uh, engaging the battle every morning. You have to keep putting on the armor and you have to humble yourself before God yeah. and allow him to carry you through the battle. Yeah, and I just love the teaching you gave. It's such a great yeah. reminder <laughs> that I need.
0: Yes, Yeah. and I get fired up. You know, part, Partly why I get so fired up about this teaching is that I am really inspired by people in any church, people in any um, segment of society who are doing their best to, again, Um, reach people for Christ. I get so fired up when people sign up to live as a soldier. There's nothing that I respect and admire more when I see these um, new staff members who are coming on and they're 20 or 21, when I hear about groups of high schoolers who meet together to worship and pray together on a weekly basis, when I see people who've made it through their career Mm -hmm. and they finished well I just get fired up. Mm -hmm. And so I want to ask you, will you stay and fight as a good good soldier of Jesus Christ? We need you, Mm -hmm. we do, and God needs you Mm -hmm. um, to sign up for that battle. So if you're wondering some practical actions, I thought I'd end with just taking it from kind of a philosophical level to some real practical things to do. The first thing is soldiers pray they do and and you know let me ask you when is the last time you had some real silent prayer with god where you maybe said some things to him but you really listened to you really it wasn't just a, i'm walking down the street and i'm going to fire off a quick you know foxhole right. prayer but like some real time praying praying for your family praying for the church that you're a part of praying over your friends and and neighbors and praying for people to come to faith praying against the enemy but soldiers pray they spend time in prayer soldiers get bloody <laughs> it sounds a little graphic yeah. but you know there's there's wounds there's scars when you're in the battle you're going to get bloody and so have you been in the battle And do you have the scars and wounds to show it? If you haven't been whacked lately, Mm -hmm. well, you might not be in the battle. Mm -hmm. As our ex-senior pastor, Bob Merritt, used to say, you know, that person needs a good whacking. Yep.
1: (laughs) Whack factor. (laughs) Yeah, whack
0: factor. (laughs) And it does something. It does increase your desire for God when you are in the midst of those real difficult battles. The other thing, you know, don't go it alone. I said this earlier, but I can't say it enough. One of the enemy's greatest strategies is to get you alone alone. Or at least to think you're alone. But we need to know that we're in this together. I mean, you wouldn't believe the amount of attack, attacks we receive on a weekly basis, just here at our church, like the things that we have to navigate and go through. And if I felt like I was on my own in those things, or I, you know, I'm never truly alone, but if I was truly alone, I would have no hope. Yeah. I need people alongside me, you need people alongside you to fight in this battle. The last two things, they love deeply and they hold on to truth. Mm. Again, soldiers' language can feel real aggressive, but the truth is Christian soldiers waged war with truth and love. Mm. They wage war with truth and love. You know, that we can lean too heavily on the truth side, we can lean too heavily on the love side, the fact of the matter is we need both. We need to love people, but we also need to hold on to truth. And the final thing is they get in God's word. I just mentioned this, we, we were challenged this week to spend time in God's word. Thankfully, it's a practice I have in my life. I rarely miss. The reason I rarely miss is not for legalistic reasons. I don't miss because I need it. Mm-hmm. I need time in God's word. And so hold firmly to the word of God. And because God, through his word, is our source of
1: truth. Um, Don, anything to add? No, I I mean, that's just a great list. This is a great teaching and a great reminder that I need. I think we we all need. And whatever leadership role you're in, whatever you're facing, again, volunteer, pastoral-type work, ministry, or even if you're in the workplace and you're trying to bring light to a dark place, uh we need you to fight the battle. I mean, if you're a if you're in the school system or you're a coach or you're a lawyer, you're that's right where God has you. Yeah. I mean, this isn't just pastor talk. I mean, this is for any and all people that are doing kingdom advancement work. And so wherever you are, I just hope that this has been encouraging to you that you'll be able to put these things to work and that this will help you to fight the battles that you need to face in 2023.
0: Yeah. And thank you too. Thank you to those who have given a -hmm. lot of their lives to, to build the church. There are so many people who volunteer or take massive salary cuts, or Mm -hmm. they sacrifice, you know, time with things they want to do as opposed to, I mean, there are so many, you and I both know so many people who have sacrificed so much to um, be engaged in this battle with us. And I'm really grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for those people yeah. um, who have fought this this battle for many, many years. And so
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyways, Don, that's all we got. Well said, well said. That's all we got for this episode of the Eagle Church Leadership Podcast. When leaders get better, the church gets better. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you for the next episode of the Eagle Church Leadership Podcast.